0: Hey, hey, okay, so you guys know that I've moved my platform over to Patreon and that's patreon.com slash Jamie So everything is moved there. That's where I'm now housing all my parenting content. For a dollar a month, you can access all the episodes of my podcast, but no worries if you don't want to do any financial commitment at all. We'll continue to release selected episodes here on your favorite listening platform. And just so you know, I also put up free public posts and mini-podcast on that Patreon page. So all you have to do is head over to that main page, patreon.com slash Jamie jamieglowacki, and you can see my free public posts and mini-podcasts. Head over there to check it all out. And now, on to today's show. Hey, I'm Jamie Glowacki, and you are listening to Oh Crap, I Love My Toddler, but Holy Fuck. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Hey, hey, you guys. So I am very excited about today's episode because it is one of my favorite topics. And we're gonna be discussing seasonal affective disorder, the winter blues, and how to beat them. And the reason this is my favorite topic is because winter is my all-time favorite season and it wasn't always. And I have flipped my favorites on its ear due to fixing seasonal affective disorder and the winter blues. So, I like everybody else to come to uh you know, sort of it just gets gray. It's fun when there's snow, I think, but then here in New England it just gets like super gray and this year is probably going to be really really hard because we're going to go into winter with coronavirus. I don't know where you are, but here in Rhode Island things are starting to lock down again. So, I don't think this winter is going to be typical and I think it's going to be even worse. So if you have suffered in the winter, you're going to suffer more. So let's fix that because I don't want you to suffer. I don't want anybody to suffer. So... One thing that came up, so my friend Jen and I were jamming about this topic and sort of ideas. And one thing that came up is we were wondering if kids get seasonal affective disorder. And I have never seen this. I've not seen it in younger kids. I do see it in older kids. So I'm curious if uh, puberty and hormonal releases have something to do with why we would be so affected by the sunlight, but I really, I've never really seen it in kids. Of course, they get a little cranky because they're stuck inside and a lot of the activities that they do aren't available if they're like outside. And this year it's going to be even worse because a lot of the activities we do inside won't be as available. Right? So I'm not entirely sure about that. And I was not motivated to go down a rabbit hole of research. So Suffice it to say that anecdotally, I don't think kids are really affected. I do think kids are affected by their parents' mood and their parents' winter blues. So I do think this is a case of where If you feel down and cranky and hate the winter, that's what you're going to see in your kids. And it's a shame because here in Rhode Island, it's a long fucking season. So we've been blessed recently with some like uncharacteristically warm weather, which is nice for me with my House in the woods. I get to like literally do like yard work and shed work and housework and roof work. And so it's been sort of a blessing. But typically we start getting very, very cold at the end of November. December's cold. And then January, the snow starts. And it can sometimes go all the way till April. We had one year, maybe two or three years ago, where we just got pummeled with snow way into like. April, May, it was awful. It was awful. I loved it, but people were like just so cranky and bitchy. So generally speaking too, I'm coming from New England, so I'm coming from that point of view. I know that in other places that get a lot of snow, they're more well-equipped to deal with it. And there's, of course, the people who don't get snow at all, but may you may get down anyway because the positioning of the sun, so again, it's been uncharacteristically warm here, and I've literally gotten a lawn chair and like laid out in the sun, trying to you know bump up my vitamin D, and it's just not nearly as hot as the summer, so depending on where you are to recognize that even if it is sunny, you may not be getting the best amount of sun and the best amount of light, and of course, we know that that helps with our mood so things that I do personally and of course you guys have heard me say this so much it's probably obnoxious at this point but going into the winter I'm really careful about food and sleep and I think sleep is a little easier in the winter. It's easier to get more because of the the sun going down. It's sunset here is 430 now. I usually start fading when the sun goes down so like I'm ready for bed by six. <laughs> and having to like get in the car and drive somewhere so that I don't fall asleep at six because that would not be good. So I do go into winter, you know, knowing that there's going to be more sleep, but that that is beneficial. And I do watch my food. And I think what's kind of interesting is- we begin the winter season with all these festivities, right? We go from like Halloween, soon after we have Thanksgiving, after that it's, it's December and the holiday season and parties and then Christmas and then New Year's. And so we have like this like whom of holiday eating. And this year it might be different because we can't gather in you know big groups, whatever, wherever you are, depending on your cases of coronavirus. But it's like this huge sugary fest, you know? And so it's interesting because then in January, everybody's really down and depressed. And I do think that has something to do with it, right? Whether or not it's, um, you know, maybe you put on a couple of pounds and that has, uh, you know, bummed you out, or maybe you just like ate a lot of shit. And so you kind of go into the worst, you know, the worst season for mood in a compromised position. So I do try to watch it, not in like any sort of like weird, restrictive way for the holidays, but I do try to watch, you know, my eating and my sugar intake because I don't want that like massive sugar crash after the holidays. Yeah. Of course I watch my vitamin D. I've talked a lot about that and they do have tinctures for kids on Amazon and whole foods. So that's really helpful. I know a lot of people are um, you know, cautious. I see stuff online, like, oh, we'll get you, you know, don't just take vitamin D supplements, get your levels checked. I think it's always a good idea to get your levels checked. I can anecdotally say that every single person I know that's gotten their levels checked have been dangerously low on vitamin D. It doesn't necessarily mean you are, but I can guarantee that if you live in someplace like new England, if you live in someplace that experiences winter, pretty harsh winters, you are going to be low in vitamin D. So I feel really confident about taking, you know, an average dose. I don't go crazy or anything, but I do keep up on it. And I try, you know, of course, to get direct sunlight in my eyes as much as possible. Personally, right now, I'm taking a lot of vitamin C in a powdered form that you just put in water. I just think that the studies have confirmed that with coronavirus, vitamin D and vitamin C and zinc show to have better outcomes if you do get it. I also do bone broths in the winter. I by, I have a cow, I got a cow, like a whole cow before the pandemic. So I have deep freezers and I get chickens from my farmer. And so I use the bones and I make bone broth. And I think it's really nourishing. And I think it's very healing for staying well in the winter. On that note, again, I live in New England. I like to eat really locally as much as possible. And so for me, it's so funny living in New England and being a New England native. I can feel like my body go into storage mode. It's hilarious. Like come fall, it's nearly impossible to lose a pound. And I, it's like, I can feel my body saying, all right, let's hang on to everything because the winter's coming. And of course the winter comes and we have 24 hour supermarkets. So it's not like my body needs to be hanging on to, st- to stuff because I'm like gonna be short on food. You know what I'm saying? But I do like to eat really locally. And in New England, that would be root vegetables. And so I recognize that my body wants more carbs because like rough winter's coming, but I also recognize that the winter's not that rough for me. So (laughs) I do stick to root vegetables, which are an awesome way to get your your carbs, but also not um, that processed stuff like bread and pasta and all of that. I really do, going back to the holiday thing, I think there's also recognize that I think with the holidays, we all have way too high expectations. And I talked about this a lot with the Halloween stuff. This holiday season might look a little different. Hopefully we can all adjust. And I was really vocal and I'll probably be really vocal this year too. Pascal and I last year scaled down everything for the holidays. We went to a $5 Christmas which was nice because I've talked about this before, right? Like last year I had bought him all this hunting stuff and I had bought him a new drum set. And I was like, dude, you tap me out like in the summertime. So let's do a $5 Christmas, which was really lovely. We ended up spending more than $5, but we kept it really small and thoughtful. We got a real tree for the first time. i petrified of fire. So that hadn't ever happened. I did very simple row of lights, one row of white lights. We put up probably like eight ornaments because the real tree was like so full. And we did popcorn strings with cranberry and orange strings. And it was so beautiful. And our, it was the most lovely Christmas we have had in his whole life. And he really picked up on it too. He said, this was so not stressful. This was so great. And so we really lowered everything. We said no to a lot of holiday parties. I was really committed to like I don't know, sort of Marie Kondoing my holiday season. And I think this factors into winter blues because I think our expectations are dashed. I think a lot of us have a Norman Rockwell idea. And then it's weird because we know our family's dysfunctional, but we think somehow it's not gonna be during the holidays when we add alcohol and sugar and expectations, which makes everybody more dysfunctional. (laughs) And so I think going into the holidays with really low expectations is super helpful because you have that like... afterwards. And again, we're going into like the worst season for mood compromised with like hopes and dreams dashed and shattered. (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) So I would encourage you to really keep your expectations sort of level for the holidays. And I think that will help. Another thing I do during the winter, twinkle lights everywhere. I get sticks from outside and I wind twinkle lights around them and I hang them around the house. I almost never do overhead lighting in the winter. I just do beautiful little twinkle lights. I personally don't like them blinking, but I keep them on. So, you know, you're just your average white Christmas lights. And that I think has just been that kind of lighting is really nice. And we talked about like candle lighting. I've talked about on Instagram and daily tips that candlelight can really change change the mood of your house. And I think that twinkle lights can do the same and make it just sort of fun and magical. So I've saved my biggest trick for loving winter last because I think there's a lot to it. And I want to unpack it with you because I think it's so important. The singular Biggest thing you can do to get over the winter blues is get outside. Stay outside for long periods of time. Move your body outside. Stay walking. Stay on trails. If you do nature walks with your kids, stay with them. Stick with them all through the winter. And so, of course, I've heard this from everybody, including friends, clients, family. I don't like the cold. I'm, I don't like to be cold, which I am like. I understand we live in places we live in because you know jobs, family, finances, but it's unbelievable to me that some people live in a place where there's six months of winter and they absolutely hate winter. I'm like, I don't know, I'd figure out how to move. (laughs) So if you hate the cold and you hate being cold, there's a solution for this, which is to stay warm. And so there really is no such thing as bad weather. There's only such thing as bad gear. And I cannot emphasize this enough. So I really want to spend some time on this to give you some tips and tricks. Number one, us moms are the fucking worst about winter self-care and clothing. I have gone sledding, skiing, snowboarding, hiking with moms whose kids are Totally toasty, warm, decked out in the best winter gear. And these moms got jeans on with yoga pants underneath, with like bread wrappers around their feet, with no good winter boots in their tennis shoes. We are the worst. I see this so often. You guys take care of yourself, buy the right gear for you. If you're happy in the cold, Your kid will be happy in the cold. And we know, we know kids in the snow, freaking kids will stay out in the snow for nine hours. They will have fingers falling off if they're having a good time, right? So the cold only affects them if they're like bored. And if they're bored because you're being cranky and you don't want to do things or you're sending them out by themselves and they don't know what to do because it's like this dark landscape, (laughs) yeah? So it's so important for you to get the good gear. And the bonus is you're generally not growing anymore. So you can bust out the really good gear, spend the money, get good gear that's going to last you a lifetime. And I'm telling you, this will change everything. Okay. So figure out what your barrier is, to getting the right gear. There's all kinds of areas. Number one, probably the biggest one is finances. So know that if you live anywhere near outlets, the outlets are amazing for winter gear. I live kind of close to Rentham outlets. And so I go to the Columbia. I love Columbia clothes. I go to the Columbia outlet in February. They are freaking giving away clothes, you guys. I got one year in February. I got Pascal and I from base layer to pants, our whole snowboarding clothes, both of us for $175. Like That's insane for full winter gear. So take advantage of that. Take advantage of sales and buy things that are going to last a long time. One of the things I know that's a barrier for a lot of moms is that our weight can fluctuate. Women's weight can fluctuate anywhere from like two to 20 pounds without really gaining a whole lot of fat. So know that. Like legit, you guys, I have I have fat ski pants and I have skinny ski pants and I, that's just it. I have a pair of overalls that are kind of big and that's like, if I gain weight, that's what I wear. And then I have another pair that I just, I've had forever that I don't throw out. They're good pants and, you know, I have to be on the leaner side. So I just keep both overalls. Overalls are amazing. Like they don't, they're not tight around the waist. So if they're so forgiving, if you gain a few pounds, lose a few pounds. So invest in some good overalls because that's going to help. Jen and I, like when we were jamming on this, she realized one of her barriers was that her ass is always cold. So she went and got a snowboarding jacket, even though she doesn't snowboard, you know, they have the flexible uh, Burton long coat. She didn't want one of those like Parkers that go down the puffy coat. She wanted something different. And so she got this. And so her ass is warm. Like that's huge when you figure out, like, what is your thing. I figured out, I have a, I don't have Raynaud's, but I have a circulation issue. So my fingers are, my extremities get really cold first. My fingers get really numb and so do my toes. So I snowboard. I spent all my money on the right mittens so that my hands, my my snowboard mittens are like the priciest piece of gear I have. And I don't suggest you buy that for kids, but for you. And they keep my hands warm. And then that changed everything. I can be out on the mountain for 10 hours straight because my hands aren't cold. On a side note, I wonder with Jen's butt being cold, I wonder if uh, fat freezes faster than muscle because when I go out, my ass almost always is the first thing to get really cold. Like I feel like you could chip off my ass and they'd be blocks of ice and I'm pretty muscular except for my butt. So I'm curious. (laughs) I'm wondering if anybody has any science on that. The thing about gear is that it's so different right now. It's so advanced. Like you're going to find it's not what it was However long ago, so like one thing I love, all the companies now have heat technology. I literally snowboard in one layer, a base layer, and then my my jacket and my snow pants on top of that, and that's it. Like it used to be that we all looked like um, Ralphie's little brother in a Christmas story, you know, with our arms stuck out. <laughs> and like you, you had to like really, really bundle up, and you just don't have to anymore. So I really encourage you to spend the money on yourself. On that note, if you have the money to spend smart wool. Holy shit, you guys. I invested in smart wool this year for several reasons and it's not cheap, but it is the most luxurious, warmest, amazing base layer you can imagine. I even told, I bought some for Pascal. I bought it a couple of sizes too big because for this price, it's gotta last more than one season. <laughs> it just really does. Like each piece is like a hundred bucks. But we bought I bought it for hunting. And the problem is with hunting clothes, you can't smell like anything. So you can't wear your hunting clothes in your everyday life. Cause even if you sweat like a little bit, the deer can pick up the smell. So I was like, dude, we have to invest in like another pair. And that's like my big investment this winter is smart wool. And I won the lottery tomorrow. I would just buy all smart wool clothes. <laughs> it's the most luxurious base layer I've ever had. It's merino wool. It doesn't feel like wool. It wicks moisture away. I've worn it out hunting on hotter days and I don't um, sweat. I've been wearing it on colder days. We've already had a couple of snowfalls. It's just amazing. So if you can spend the money, I can't recommend that highly enough. And if you can spend the money on your kids, you know, buy a couple of sizes up so that they last them a couple of seasons. On that note, let's slip over to the kids. Overalls, 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 overalls for snow pants, because you can buy them, you can buy a good quality brand and buy them a couple of sizes too big, and they will last a few seasons. Um, They also are much warmer. And when your kids are sledding or playing in the snow, snow doesn't go up, there their coat and it doesn't go down their pants. So it's just really nice. I have overalls um, for snowboarding because when you fall on snowboarding, sometimes I was on a black diamond and I, I fell right at the top and I just went down like right on my butt. And so like all this snow went up my, um, up my jacket and I was miserable. So then I switched over to overalls. Hannah Anderson. I don't know if you know Hannah Anderson. You probably do. She has some amazing stuff. I found that her snow stuff lasts a couple of seasons because of the European sizing. So Pascal had a snowsuit, I think when he was two, that lasted him two, three, and four years old. She's expensive again, but it lasts so many seasons. And I used to own a secondhand kid's store. I would get Hannah Anderson stuff in. It could be third generation and it always looked fabulous. So look at your consignment stores, but it just doesn't, it wears so well and you can get a few seasons out of it. Uh, Mittens, 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 mittens. Mittens are warmer than gloves. The body heat of your fingers keeps your hands warmer. So I know gloves afford more flexibility in your hands, but mittens are gonna keep your kids warmer a tip from Jen was buy them buy lots in the same color. So if you get a pair, make sure you get a few pairs in whatever color so that way you kind of curb the I lost one it's useless kind of deal. I know we always kept I wasn't particular about colors so we just there's like a winter bin of of gloves and and mittens. Cotton, you guys, cotton is the kiss of death. So I am hiking. I do winter hiking, hunting, and snowboarding. I am outside in the winter a lot. And it is widely recognized cotton. Cotton literally will kill you on a mountain. It soaks up the water and it does nothing with it. So don't buy any cotton socks, cotton clothes, cotton hat, mittens, hand knitted can be very cold too. But no base layer, because if your kid sweats, it's just going to stay there and get cold. Always go for wool. I am going for wool as opposed to fleece because all the fleece has all those microbeads in it. So I'm really trying to get away from fleece, but fleece is better than cotton. So know that, you know, obviously your kid in the backyard, it's not the kiss of death if they get a little cold, but if you're, if you're doing something extreme for a long time, yeah, the cotton will actually, it can really kill you. So stay away from it waterproof. Believe it or not, a lot of snow gear is not a hundred percent waterproof. So I would look for that. And even again, if you have to pay a little extra waterproof has changed my life. So recently I went on a a hike in New Hampshire, the white mountains. I don't know if you guys know the weather changes there faster than like anywhere on the planet. So when you hike in the white mountains, you really have to pack everything. You have to be so prepared. You sometimes um, as you head in in the winter, the Rangers will check your pack. And if you don't have the right gear they they don't want to be saving your ass. So they'll be like, nope, you, you can't go up the mountain. So you have to have like, you know, food for three days. You have to have a, a an emergency blanket, a heat blanket, um, fire source, these kinds of things, right? Water filtration. And so we went on a hike. It was the, uh, a couple of weeks ago, right? So uh, October and the weather was showing some snow. So I went out, I was like, yeah, fuck that. I got to gear up. So that's where I got the smart wool and I got waterproof and I was looking for waterproof and I went to REI, I bought a jacket that said waterproof and it was not waterproof. I wore it out in a rainstorm, so I returned it. Well, I bought, I ended up buying a camo because waterfowl hunting, they hunt waterfowl in like hurricanes. So it's like literally hundred percent waterproof. And then I got REI rain pants, hundred percent waterproof. And I got this cap. That makes me look like a grandpa, but it's got ear flaps and a baseball visor. So like if it rains, it doesn't drip in your face. And it was 100% waterproof. We ended up hiking and we ended up with blizzard conditions at the top. It ended up snowing. By the time we got to the summit, we were in two feet of snow, uh, 70 mile per hour winds. It was brutal. And I was dry and warm. Nothing got soaked in my clothes. It was amazing. And then I got home and I, you know, I like the elements. I'm out in the elements, but I, in near my new house, I have hundreds of miles of trails in the woods. And I want, I really wanted to go out in the woods and it was pouring rain. I a day that I would normally be like, fuck that. I put on all my hundred percent waterproof gear and I walked for, you know, seven miles in the pouring rain. And it was amazing. So make sure your gear is waterproof because you can get out in all the elements and it's just amazing. You stay warm and dry and cozy and nobody complains. And that's what it's all about is eliminating all your kids bitching. That's really what it is. <laughs> okay. Have extra, have extra of things. Again, this can be a finance issue. Um, One of my dear friends, she has three kids and she We were just talking about gearing up for the winter. She was like, oh, fuck that. I buy two of everything. I don't have time to dry stuff in between. Like my kids will stay out in the snow for 10 hours. I'm not going to interrupt them. They're just put on something dry. So have extras if you can. And again, utilize consignment stores, sales. Um, It doesn't have to be the best shape, hand-me-downs, but having extra will help if the clothes are damp, if if the kids get soaked midway and still want to be outside. Make sure you bring extra. And again, especially for schools camps any situation like that a friend's house you you kind of do want like secondhand because you don't want to risk losing some pricey gear but have extra to send don't you know if your kids go into a friend's house don't assume they're going to stay inside maybe they're going to get outside and bring extra to school and friend's house and another tip that Jen gave me that I thought was just amazing is When the weather switches to cold, change over your kid's closet. Make some clothes disappear because one of the biggest fights parents have, I hear, is like the kids want to wear sandals. They want to wear, you know, too thin socks. They want to wear their too thin dress change over the clothes, put the summer clothes in a bin, anything that would be inappropriate. And even if it's your kid's favorite and you got to be like, Nope, sorry, it's winter. It's cold. You need to be dry and warm. So switch out the clothes. So they don't even have that option. And they don't even have that fight. And again, you know how they have those, like, (sighs) those stretchy gloves that are very thin. They're not they're just more for like cold, like as the season starts to change, they're not good for middle of winter. They're little and they get big when they put them on their hands, you know, switch those out. Make sure that the gear that you have out is appropriate for the weather. So that way you eliminate arguments of your child being too cold. All right. So those are some like really practical gear questions. Oh, Oki. Jen has these Oki rain gear. They're one piece outfits and they're fabulous. They're like, Kids like little snowsuits almost, but they're rain gear. And then you can put wool, you can wear smart wool under them and make them winter gear. Um, Her kids particularly use them this year for Halloween too. They were astronauts. And so super great uses of one piece. And I also have a couple of friends with kids who utilize those one pieces and their kids are just out in the rain all day long. So again, it's just vital for that big play. You're up each other's asses in the house, like get them outside with the right gear. Lastly, sports, winter sports, get outside to do things. So personally, like I said, we snowboard and we started off skiing. I actually started him off skiing, not because I was like this huge skier, even though I used to be in my youth. I started him off skiing because he was a nervous learner and I wanted him, I racked my brain for some sort of activity that he could see grownups totally messing up. And I was like, oh man, go to a bunny slope on any ski mountain and you'll see grownups falling on their ass all over the place. So I took him skiing and then we started snowboarding three years ago. Snowboarding changed my life. I love snowboarding. (laughs) If you are an old person who is used to skiing and it's hard on your body and it's hard on your knees, switch to snowboarding. It is so much fun. It's like dancing on a surfboard. It's so fun, but take a lesson. Take lessons Um, (laughs) because I know people give up snowboarding because they fall too much. And I took lessons for the first couple of weeks and it was amazing. Now, I know that is an expensive sport, so it's not for everybody, but there are still plenty of things you can do. You can go ice skating. Ice skating is again, really good for nervous learners. It's really good for kids to see adults who fall. Many people this year are making a rink, making a rink in your backyard is not all that hard. If you live in a neighborhood with kids, maybe somebody who's got the bigger yard can make the rink. And then you guys have instant ice skating in the winter, which can be cool. Um, I don't personally ice skate. It's not the cost benefit analysis for me is not enough. The risk benefit. I am not good at it. And the idea of I just I feel like I'm gonna break something. And so it's not enjoyable enough for me to break something. Like if I break my leg snowboarding, it was worth it. If I break my leg ice skating, I'd be so pissed. So, <laughs> so you can always do a risk assessment and see the risk-benefit assessment. So for me, ice skating's a no-go, but we snowboard. Snowshoeing. I just moved to these trails, these um the trails near my house have snowshoeing trails. And it's something I hadn't even thought of. And so, you know, I was looking around snowshoes, like everything run the gamut from like, you know, $10 secondhand to, you know, $200. But, um, that's something you could consider and cross-country skiing. I remember one year I went to see my cousin in Minnesota. And of course they have way harder winters than us. And I was blown away. I think maybe that was the turning point for me, it was probably, I don't know, maybe 7 years ago, and we went to like a national park and it was I'm talking about like 30 below, like it was fucking cold. And the national park was like crowded. There were so many people. I was like, "What is going on?" And then I realized everybody's got the right gear and they rented snowshoes and cross-country skis for like 2 or 3 dollars an hour. It was crazy or the day. It was nuts. But I was like, oh my God, this is so perfect. So everybody was out and about, the kids were playing, they were snowshoeing, people were cross country skiing. So those are options too, to get the family out and about. So that's it. That's what I have for trying to avoid the winter blues is try to like winter, try to look forward to it and try to look forward to all the things that are good about it instead of all the negatives. And these are really getting outside. I just, I can't over underestimated. What's the right word? I can't say enough about it. Um, Oh, I did want to mention that full spectrum light bulbs can really help. I was just reading up on light therapy. There's some um, light therapy. I was just looking one that I found, it almost looks like an iPad. And I guess you just like kind of put it in front of your face and it shines the light. And I personally, I go tanning, to be honest. And I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, it causes cancer. But the studies have proven like, you know, over tanning, you know, tanning once a month is not gonna give you cancer. But anyway, it does, I see a definite beneficial boost in my mood and that's something I do in the winter. Again, not very often, but just a mood boost, it certainly helps. So that's all I got for you guys. I hope that helps. And if you do have seasonal affective disorder and it gets really bad, of course, check in with your doctor. These are, you know, this is not for massive depression. This is for like mood boosts and keeping yourself happy during the winter months. All right, you guys, as always, rock on. All right, I'm gonna sign off for today. You can always go to jamieglowacki.com for the super cool latest updates, including the launch of my new book, Yummy New Book Presale Treats, When We Release New Episodes, and How to Work With Me Directly. And of course, if you need any potty training help, there's a handy link there that will take you to all my potty training resources, including all my courses. That's the oh Crap Potty Training Online Course my pooping solutions course, and my night training supplement. And if you need additional help, how to book with a certified OCRAP consultant. That's all at jamieglowacki.com. Have a beautiful day and rock on.